When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hawks lose 4-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson. Next to me, Mario Tirabasi is at the United Center and will join us with uh, all the important effort, uh, updates uh, from uh, Luke Richardson uh, when he meets the media here. A couple big uh, storylines from this one. Patrick Kane does not return for the third period. We're going to start the show with that. Tyler Johnson took warm-ups but then did not play. There is some sort of uh, illness going around the Blackhawks locker room. Luke Richardson was not there for uh, the morning skate today. Uh, there's a bug going around, so... Don't panic. I don't think anything crazy is happening, but we're going to get to it. Before we do, reminder, smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube page as well. Uh, make sure on the, your podcast app you're subscribed there or following, whatever your uh, app asks you to do. And uh, let's get into it, Greg. Before we get into the X's and O's and what, what went wrong in this game, uh, Patrick Kane does not return for the third period and immediately... You, I, pretty much everyone in the Blackhawks universe is getting texts and tweets that, has Patrick Kane been traded? No. No. <laughs> he did not I, walk off the ice and say, I'm waving my trade deadline, get my trade clause, get me out of here. Yes. No. So, I just, before, again, I think this gives us a nice opportunity to just establish this from jump. Could trades start happening for the Blackhawks? Yes. That could happen. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are two different things. Players of that stature, there's going to be meetings with their agent and Kyle Davidson. It will be well known if and when both players waive their no-movement clauses. As far as we know, that has not been done yet. As far as we know, the meeting 
uh, with Pepperson, both of their agents, has not happened yet. Uh, whenever that story comes out, it will be massive, massive NHL news. You're all over the place. Yes, and there will be a long process of negotiations, of trying to figure things out. Uh, I was listening to, um, what do they call it on TSN? Trade Central, whatever it is. Um, they were saying that there's more to it than just a trade. Taves and Kane would want to investigate whether a destination would want to do a sign-in trade and sign them before they even hit the market this summer. They want to see what the playoff structure looks like. They want to see what their role on the team would be. This is not something that's going to happen for either of those players in the middle of a game. Right. It's going to be something that takes some time, that's going to you know, go through the league and all those sort of things. So is, in regards to Kane and Taves, if you see them leave a game, it's not it's – not, because of a trade now if we have heard for weeks and weeks and weeks that the no moving causes have been waived and there are conversations going on and maybe Kyle Davison closes a deal mid-game that could happen but I'm telling you with Kane and Taves there's going to be a long-term you know process to making these deals happen yeah it's not going to happen mid-game here are the two scenarios for Patrick Kane he either's got whatever bug is going around the Hawks locker room or his knees bothering him. He kind of tweaked that knee. There was a play uh, in the Sharks game Sunday where he got hit in the boards by uh, the other Shvechnikov and kind of favored his knee. Now, we talked to him after the game, and he wasn't noticeably limping or anything like that. He said he was going to get checked out. He was playing tonight, you know, so maybe something like that happened. There wasn't any play on the ice where he was hit or anything like that. I mean, he spent almost the last part of the second period, he was in the penalty box for that high sticking penalty he had late in the period. So, um, you know, I, I think it's nothing serious by any means. Definitely wasn't traded. As you mentioned, Dre, when these trade – Clauses are waived. Elliot Friedman's going to tell you about it. Bob yeah. McKenzie's going to tell you about it. The goat. Darren Drager's going to tell you about it. Frank Saravalli will probably be the first with it because he seems to have a very good uh, thumb on the Blackhawks' pulse. He's got a good source. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I let's not. We're hopefully going to get a quote here from from Luke Richardson soon about about. Uh, both um, Patrick Kane and Tyler Johnson here. The Tyler Johnson thing was weird too because um, we have we have our poll question. Speaking of trades, which former Blackhawk do you miss most? Brendan Hagel, Dylan Strome, Dominic Kubalik, or Kirby Doc? Someone was asking why don't you have to bring it up there? Because then it, we we it's too we, obvious we, that he'd be a <laughs> runaway winner. So we want to make it a little more difficult and entertaining for us. Because if we went to bring it, he'd win. So that's why. Um, and because we don't have to include anybody we don't want to. Um, but the Tyler Johnson thing was weird because he was at morning skate. He was on the ice in pregame warmups. Yeah, and looked fine. And then all of a sudden he's out. And this was his first game against his former team, the Lightning, because he missed yep. both games last year because he was injured. So he really must not have been feeling good if he was like, you know what, I don't want to play against uh, the Lightning. I'm not feeling good. So uh, hopefully we get something, um, a, a good update 
on both of those guys here soon. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And uh, <laughs> those are going to be the first questions asked yeah. as soon as Luke gets with the media. So, Got a question from Gunzo saying, uh, why weren't there meetings before the deadline last year telling Kane and Taves uh, that things are going to be bad next year? I, 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 I Listen, I, I think that talking to Kane and Taves about how the season's going to go is a courtesy. Um, players play, GMs manage, and they're not obligated to tell anybody anything. Um, because of what they've done, because of what they've earned, they got that kind of benefit of the doubt uh, this summer and will be able to dictate their futures uh, as much as they want. But I don't think that the GM should be consulting players on whether or not he should trade Brandon Hagel. And I do remember specifically um, when we met with Kyle Davidson right after the year, after the season, and they somebody had asked him, you know, have you talked to Kane and Taves? He says, I will but I don't have to sell them on a rebuild. Like right. it's not his job to make sure it's okay to rebuild the team. Gunzo had a, que- a question earlier. Wouldn't have made more sense to trade Kane and Taves at the draft last year. Guys, they have no trade clauses. He can't trade them until they say they want to be traded. Right. I'm sure Kyle Davis would have loved to have done that in the off season and had this whole distraction because if you think it's a distraction now, let's just wait as we get closer and closer. I'm sure he would have loved to do that. But he can't until they say, I want to be traded. That's it. It's very, very simple. All right. Can we move on from that for now, even though we're probably going to have to do that every show? Yeah. <laughs> so this game, uh, I think that anyone who watched it start to finish uh, will probably come away with it with the same feeling that the Hawks played really well in this game. All things considered, Caleb Jones is your third line left wing. Uh, Patrick Kane doesn't play the third period. It's it's a really tough scenario against a team that is a Stanley Cup. Uh, I wouldn't even say beyond or beyond a contender. They're a favorite. They've been to the Cup final three years in a row. They've won two. Um, they're a really, really solid, really great team. Uh, it, mostly healthy. And the Hawks held their own for 40 minutes, and things started slipping away in a third. But if they can play this way every game where they knew how overmatched they were and they're forced to keep it simple, they can hang in. They can stay in some games they have no business staying in. And if you think about earlier in the year when they got off to that unexpectedly good start, that's exactly what they were doing. Right? They were outworking. They were keeping it simple, getting pucks deep. As the struggles have gone on, they've started to squeeze the sticks harder, trying to make every perfect play, and it's sort of snowballed on them. But if they play like they played tonight, they're in good shape. Tonight's game reminded me a lot of the 2013-2015 Blackhawks, where the Lightning were kind of like, oh, it's just the Blackhawks. We're just going to go out there and skate and get two points. Yeah. And then after that first period, the Blackhawks were great in the first period. Lots of scoring chances. Seth Jones ended the long national nightmare that was 123 straight games without a power play goal by a Blackhawks defenseman. They literally went the entire calendar year of 2022 without a power play goal from the defenseman. We'll talk about that more later because Seth Jones, a little wrinkle to that power play tonight, but... Then it was like the, the Lightning were like, wow, we got outshot, doubled in shots, we're tied. Like, okay, let's go in the locker room and 
flipped that switch, and this game could have been like eight to one. They hit three posts oh, in yeah. the second period. The post was second a- period. The whole whole period was at the Blackhawks. They were just like enough enough of this BS. We're the Lightning, you're the Blackhawks. So it reminded me of like the 2013, <laughs> 2015 Hawks, where they're like, eh, we'll take a period off, we'll spot you a couple goals, and then we'll whoop your ass up and down the ice for 40 minutes or 20 minutes. That's what it was. I think the Lightning were just like, they're on the first of a back-to-back. They're in Minnesota tomorrow. They're probably like, hey, you know, we could take it easy. Now this is the worst team in the league. And then they were like, ah, all right, well, let's put some effort into this. And then before you know it, it's four to one. Uh, we have a comment from nominal user saying tanking and being a one win per month dumpster fire are two different things. This is unwatchable. Well, the Blackhawks are tanking, and at last check, they're only four points in the lead of the tank standing. So if you want to tank, this is what it's going to take. And uh, Gunzo on the no movement clause says, I know what a no movement clause is, people. The GM's job is to make it happen. He's not going to go to Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and yell at them and say, "Take a trade now!" Yeah, you yeah. have to trade. We, we no, no, because if you if you f- and by the way, sorry, Greg, if he did that, folks like Gunzo, who seem like they just want to be mad about things, would be pissed that they dare disrespect right. Jonathan Taves how and Patrick Kane. How do you Kane? treat Kane and it, Taves? Like look, that? if all you want to do is be mad and have no reason for it, and and, and no logic will will change your mind. By all means, be mad. But this is the wrong place to be if you don't want to have a nuanced conversation about the reality of how a hockey team and a hockey rebuild and no movement clauses work. We're not going to flip over tables. We're not going to say fire Davidson. It's ridiculous. This is going just as a rebuild should. Yes, it's painful night to night. But if you're going to come in here and be pissed just to be pissed, you're wasting your time. I just I don't know I don't know what people want to hear. You can't trade guys until they waive their claws, and you can't force guys to. You know what's forcing them to waive their claws? This roster. Yes. Okay, boys, you didn't want to come to me last summer and say you want to get traded. I'm going to put together the worst team in the league and force your hand. This roster is going to make them waive their no their no trade clauses, and you're going to get more for these guys on a trade deadline deal than you would have at the draft. Right. Because teams are going to be more desperate. Teams are be willing to give this. So, like, I don't know. Like, first of all, Kyle Davidson isn't the guy that gave him these ridiculous no movement clauses. Well, look, the, those two earned it. Yes, they have it's- earned the right to decide <laughs> where and when they want to go, if at all. And if neither one of them says I want to get traded, will I be disappointed? Sure, but will I be mad? No, because I totally get it. And they've earned that right. Yeah, guy like Seth Jones. He didn't earn that right, but he got it anyway because that's what he should not be named did. So, yeah, I just, like, let's just let it play out. Let's stop, like, going through these theoretical situations that could not happen in the real world. It's a waste of time and energy. We've got to spend a lot of time and energy watching the worst team in the league every night. So we don't need to argue about theoretical things that may have happened last year or not. It doesn't matter. Well, hey, if you want to worry about something, um, Jonathan Taves is, yeah, he's been flat out bad for the last little bit. Yeah. Uh, this game, he was an absolute non-factor, minus two in seventeen forty-nine of ice time, including four minutes and fifty seconds on the power play. He mustered two shot attempts, zero shots on goal, two giveaways. He won fifty-six percent of his faceoffs, which is great. 
But Jonathan Taves is a non-factor out there. Has been for weeks, a, a while. He looks slow. He's losing battles. We He's, were singing his praises for the first twenty-five games about wow, great rebound year. His trade value is shooting through the roof. I still think he has good, really good trade value. I don't think you're getting a first for Taves. No, I didn't think so even when he was playing great. But yeah, he's been. I don't know what's going on there. If it's just father time. He always wins. He's still undefeated. Yep. Sometimes it just takes a little longer, unless you're Yarmer Yager. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, yeah, he's been, like, there's been nights where I'm like, oh, yeah, Jonathan Taze played tonight. I, I, I totally forgot he was on the ice half the time. That's It's concerning. It's very concerning, considering how well he played the first two months of the season, October, we were like, man, this guy's having a rebound year. November was good. Yeah. December, I mean, the last seven or eight, ten games, just you're not getting, you're not even getting the shots. You know, you got to get, got to get something there. And he's not even getting shot attempts. Yeah, that's, that's and tough. He, he's turning the puck over. He's, he's doing flybys on defense. A lot of plays where guys are getting below him getting scoring chances and goals as he's kind of just standing there watching things that he was never guilty of in his career. So I don't know maybe he's dealing with a nagging injury. I, I, I just knowing Taves the way I do the whole, I don't think it's he's checking out. He's disinterested. Sure. It's he's got to be the most frustrated guy in that locker room. Definitely. He's one of the most competitive athletes I've ever seen. No, he used to be. So I, I I'm sorry I, I I don't when I watch Jonathan Taves I don't see a guy who's competing, I see a guy who's out there floating. It's a fair I, it's a fair criticism. I I'm mean, so, like I know, you know, greatest captain in team history and all those things. And we talked last year about like is he ruining his legacy with the way he's acting and what in his performance, and like you said to start the year, seemed like okay we can kind of put that conversation to the side for now, but. Jesus, the guy's not even competing out there. And it, it's something that will never be really, like, called into question, you know, because he's earned the right to kind of get a pass on some things. But anyone who's watching this team on a regular basis sees Jonathan Taves out there. Look, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it is a father time thing, and maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. But, but he if, had it six weeks ago. It's true. That's so, true. You know, I, I'm just, like... Folk, I, I, I spent some time in this game because after the first 20, I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad for the Hawks, but I didn't notice Jonathan Taves out there at all. So I kind of isolated on him for the remainder of the game, and it's just, you know, where you would see him in the days of yore uh, digging in the boards and trying to win a puck. He kind of glides by him. Maybe he'll swat at it, and he looks real slow, and I don't know. He just doesn't look too engaged, and – We've discussed over and over again, you know, the human element of hockey and the effect that losing game after game after game has. So it's natural to have a letdown. But of all the people that I would guess, you know, competing until the day they retire, it would be Jonathan Taves. And it's just not there. The compete right. is not there for Taves right we now. We got a little bit from United Center. Uh, no official update on Patrick Kane. Um, but it appears it is that knee is bugging him. 
Luke Richardson said, said he was getting checked out by the training staff. There are no more tomorrow, but it's a lower body injury related to the hit he took in the San Jose game. Uh, our buddy Charlie uh, over at NBC Sports, if you, I'm sure you follow him on Twitter, uh, he posted a video of the play. He got hit along the boards by the uh, second best Svechnikov uh, and uh, looked like he got his, I don't know if it was knee-to-knee contact, but maybe his knee got jammed in the boards. It looked like it was his left knee. Uh, so obviously it was bugging him tonight. So there you go. That's, that's the update on Patrick Kane. Uh, lower body injury update tomorrow at practice. So Oof, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be at practice tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get some uh, a new update, but hopefully that's anything long-term. I, I think the fact that he was able to play half the game today, more than half the game today, and finish the game against San Jose is probably optimistic, but it's still uh, not great news, uh, obviously, when your best player is, is, uh, is hurt. A um, couple people in the chat mentioning Alex Stalock, who had another fantastic game in this one, and our friend Region Rev mentioning that uh, he got run by Alex Kalorn in the third period, and no Hawks responded. Patrick Sharp on the broadcast said that he didn't think that anyone saw that happen. I'm sure they saw the replay, though. Agreed. Reese Johnson should have been standing right at the penalty box door waiting for him to come out and punch him in the mouth a couple times. That's twice that that's happened. For, and eventually, they when they got... Casey Zizekas, who who's the one that knocked him out for six weeks, he had to pay the piper for that. But you can't let your goalie, especially a goalie. Now, Stalock put himself in that situation. He was called for interference on the penalty. He basically put a pick on Kalorn. And then, yeah. But then Kalorn cross-checked him to the back up high. Guy coming off a concussion. Can't let anybody do that to your goalie. Okay, you didn't see it happening because the play was going the other way. Fine. But you know they showed it on the board. You know the coaches saw it. There should have been some sort of receipt cashed in there. It's, yep. it's just, and I'm not, I'm not a meathead that needs to have a fight for everything. I hate fights after clean hits. But when somebody's taking liberties with your goalie, a goalie that just returned from a, a concussion, you need to draw a line in the sand. Well, look, it's the, it's the mindset of – the opponent has to know that if you do that against Chicago, you're going to have to answer for it. And this is like the whole argument about enforcers and not enforcers. And, you know, there's no way to quantify the impact of an enforcer. But I'll tell you that if I was an opponent of the Detroit Red Wings back in the day and Bob Probert was playing versus Bob Probert being scratched... I'd be a little bit more willing to take a run at Steve Eiserman if Bob Probert was scratched. Because wow. I know that a under-the-influence greatest enforcer of all time is going to come and rip my face off, right? And I'm not saying that's what needs to happen, but it's just teams see how other teams respond. And if they see no response to Casey Sezikis the first time, well, Alex Kalorn isn't so shy about running into Alex Stalock, is he? Right. Yeah, it was disappointing. Uh, my only other thing about tonight, before we get Mario, I'm sure he's going to be checking in soon. Yeah. I'm a little confused on why we talked about Caleb Jones having to play forward with the whole weird Tyler Johnson. I'm a little confused why you don't have somebody here from Rockford tonight. You already knew that Jujar Kara and Entwistle weren't going to be available. They're banged up. 
they're being visited by general soreness. And, uh, and then you get this bug running around. How do you not call Rockford at 10 o'clock this morning and say, send somebody down here? Would it have killed? It wouldn't have killed the Ice Hogs, who won in overtime tonight, beating the first place Texas Stars. Lucas Reichel, perhaps you've heard of him, overtime winning goal. Hmm. Um, would it have killed the Ice Hogs? It would not have killed the Ice Hogs tonight if you say, "Hey, Dylan Secura, get in your car. You're going to play on the fourth line tonight." You could have done a lot worse than putting him out there for for eight or nine minutes than having to play Caleb Jones on on. Not that Caleb Jones was terrible. No, he was actually uh, as a forward. He was, actually. yeah. But how do you not have somebody here? To me, that's that's a, that's a failure on, on Kyle Davidson, Luke Richardson, not preparing ahead of time. You already know you're in a crunch. You've got guys sick. You've got guys banged up. Rockford is an hour and fifteen minutes away. Get somebody here for tonight. And if he doesn't play, then he. Gets himself a free meal. But Dylan Secure would have been fine out there. That's a guy that's got plenty of NHL experience. You wouldn't have lost much. Dylan Secure, to me, is an upgrade over guys like Boris Kachuk and Colin Blackwell right now. That's uh, saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought Blackwell had a decent game today. But overall, you look at the big picture, yes, uh, Kachuk. Yeah, I mean, but like you said, this should have been done when Entwistle and Kara are unavailable. Yeah, they should have had somebody here this morning for morning skate to just be here yeah maybe obviously if kane kane and johnson and you got to have somebody here tomorrow yeah oh absolutely. you gotta have you gotta make a call up yeah have have a guy get here for practice tomorrow on thursday give a guy two days of practice before and if he doesn't play friday because everybody's back so be it that's see now those are the sort of things when we evaluate um, Kyle Davidson that we could talk about. Like That could be the sign of a young GM not thinking ahead enough. Yeah. And this is where Norm McIver needs to step in and say, hey, if we got some guys banged up, not a bad idea. Let's call somebody up. Because, look, there's ways to do it, too, where you don't have to make the official transaction until yeah. you're absolutely sure you need it. Yeah, but again, hour and 15 minutes away. If you don't want to make the transaction, but you have Dylan Secura sitting here, and then okay, we don't need you. He can make it back in time for the Ice Hogs right. game. Right, or you, you never say, make that transaction. Or you just say Dylan Secura is missing the game. He's got a sore ankle. Yeah, he's had. He's got the yeah, poops I mean, like everybody else. There's ways to. There's ways to get. To yeah. get through these so things. I don't. Know? I haven't had a lot of things to criticize Kyle Davidson this season. I'm on board with his plan. I see what his vision is, but. This kind of like refusal to get guys up from Rockford these past few games, it's, it's, that's what they're there for. I understand you want the Ice Hogs to win as many games as possible. You want the Ice Hogs to make a Calder Cup run, but you're not the general manager of the Rockford Ice Hogs. You're the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. The NHL team is still your top priority. And this is, this is something to watch with him because while he's the opposite of he who shall not be named – with his patience, you don't want to be too patient. Right. And you don't want to be patient for the sake of patience at the at the cost of doing the right thing for your franchise. Well, Mark W. says in the chat, Luke Richardson, I specifically asked him Sunday before the game, with you guys being home for seven straight days, seven straight games, does this give you a chance to call up guys from Rockford just to get a different look? 
maybe reward some of those guys. And he said, we're not going to make a call-up just to make a call-up. Lucas Reichel isn't going to come up here to play fourth line. That doesn't do good for anybody. Well, if Patrick Kane can't play Friday night or you want to give him a day or two off, there's Lucas Reichel. Yep. That's when you call him up here and let him get a couple games. But we'll see. I just want to see somebody come from Rockford. If you're down four forwards, get somebody here. Doesn't matter who. Just get, a, get some bodies here. That's what your AHL affiliate is for. Thank you. That's correct. All right. Uh, Mario is standing by from the United Center. But first, we want to tell you about our friends at Green Ridge Farm. Greg, I got two words for you. Meat sticks? Caminito ham. Sure. Caminito ham is the latest Green Ridge Farm product I tried. I got it from the Mariano's. It is like deli meat, but it's ham off the bone. So it's like an Easter ham on your sandwich. Friends, you got to go try the Caminito ham from Green Ridge Farm. It's absolutely wonderful. I told you they've become my go-to deli meat company, and they're great because they're all natural. They're local. It's the best you can do. Uh, And they also want you to know about their wonderful meat sticks, which are perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. They're all natural. Hardwood smoke for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them yet, do it. Try them. They're very easy to find. Costco, Sam's Club. I see them at the Pete's. I see them at the Jewels in your local Chicagoland grocery store right now when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and i recommend the caminito ham include a pack of meat sticks in your cart those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code chgo at checkout again order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com include a pack of meat sticks in your cart they will be free simply by using the code chgo at checkout greenridge farm simply natural meat that description of the hand made me hard for Bedard. <laughs> <laughs> like you needed help. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, while you're sitting there eating your tasty, what was it? Caminito ham? Caminito ham. Caminito ham. Yep. S- sounds like a Italian sports car. Um, <laughs> while you're driving your while, while you're driving your Italian sports car made of ham, <laughs> you should wear some Shady Ray sunglasses. Why not? Because they're awesome. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they went out and they changed it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because friends at Shady Rays have you and your precious eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. Best part about Shady Rays, it's that insane protection program. I've been telling you all about if you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Did you drop them in a lake? Did you lose them in an unfortunate ham sandwich accident? Well, they'll replace them. No questions asked. Is there really such a thing as an unfortunate ham sandwich accident? Nope. Unless you're Mama Cass. Uh, Too too, too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality. And I could tell you from wearing these glasses for the last couple of years, they are just as good as any expensive pair on the market. The Shady Rays will also provide 10 meals to fight hunger. They're giving out ham sandwiches for every (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm so making a ham sandwich when I get home. They are donating 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order place and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and they told our team that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit out the giant test window at the Shady Rays factory. They will do whatever it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. And an exclusive deal for our lovely CHGO listeners. That's you guys. Shady Rays is... We'll give you 50% off two or more pair of sunglasses when you use the promo code CHGO at checkout. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs of awesome sunglasses for as low as 54 bucks. The more you buy, the more you save. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. All right, let's go out to the United Center and bring in our buddy Mario Tirabasi. Mario, you were there with uh, Luke. Let us know what we learned. Is actually uh, playing at the United Center next week, so that would be a, that'll be a fun show to go see. Yeah, we missed the first part of that comment, Mario. Can you say it again? I'm sorry. It's just a ham sandwich accident joke, guys. It's, oh, okay. Uh, it's nothing important, just Damn like it. the results of these games. Um, well, these results are important, baby, because we're hard for Bedard. <laughs> that's the <laughs> new slogan. <laughs> that's true. That's why I'm standing far back from the computer. Um, <laughs> Luke Richardson uh, did not have an update on Patrick Kane um, and why he was held out of the third period specifically, uh, basically alluding to the fact that, you know, he kind of took a shot in the uh, third period, I believe it was, of Sunday night's game, uh, kind of hampered him a little bit with uh, a knee injury, kind of a nagging little knee injury. Um, said he, he went through the morning skate, uh, felt fine this morning. Uh, was good to go through the game, but just kind of felt it uh, a little bit more in the second intermission and uh, made the decision to hold him out of the third period. Um, tough decision to hold out Patrick Kane in a 1-1 game, but um, there's no, no, no need to risk any uh, major injury or aggravating anything else. Um, so we'll, we'll probably find out a little bit more about the severity of, of, of what he's dealing with, um, if it is severe at all. Uh, no practice tomorrow uh, for the Blackhawks just to give the bodies some rest, um, give, the, uh, give the immune system some time to work out some things. Tyler Johnson and uh, uh, Luke Richardson dealing with uh, uh, sickness uh, today. Um, Richardson was able to kind of tough it out and coach the game tonight, but uh, he, was, he was coughing and hacking during the, uh, pre, the post-game press conference, so everyone was kind of sitting a little further back from him. Um, Ty, uh, Tyler Johnson, uh, he said, was more of a stomach issue. Uh, said he wanted to give it a give it a try. That's why he played the uh, he went through the warm up, but uh, wasn't able to go tonight. So as far as injuries go, um, that's where uh, Luke Richardson kind of left us with the uh, with the updates. And you know, against a Tampa Bay Lightning team that are the Tampa Bay Lightning, when you are playing with eleven healthy forwards and then a third period with only 10 healthy forwards and Caleb Jones is your extra forward. Um, you're, you're playing shorthanded, uh, especially. So, um, you know, it's just, just a night where the Blackhawks played well in the, in the first and second period. Uh, they just, they ran out of steam and, uh, the, the lightning are built to have more steam than the Blackhawks. So that was the, uh, that was the case as the third period wore on. 
Any word on if uh, Tyler Johnson had to order new breezers? I <laughs> uh, didn't get that update, but uh, as far as Luke Richardson saying that it was a stomach issue and not the same kind of flu-like symptoms that he was dealing with, um, you could you can you know connect some dots that maybe uh, maybe some new equipment was needed after warmups. But yeah, I got some well, of that you know, cheap imitation uh, ham. He didn't get the Greenwich Farm. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get he the Caminito ham. <laughs> go for going cheap, Tyler. You can't go with the crackets. Get the good stuff. Uh, probably a good move to cancel practice tomorrow, considering everyone is dying. Um, and uh, uh, like, I don't want to get sick. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. ah, I said to Greg during the game, you couldn't hear me because you were five feet away. I, I said, I'm probably, maybe shouldn't go to practice tomorrow because I don't want to get sick. It's going around. It's good it's not COVID, yeah. but there's definitely something going around. And, uh, yeah, get these guys away from each other for a little bit. Uh, they probably could use it anyway because, um, you know, tensions run high during these things. And, by the way, we haven't mentioned this yet, but it's worth checking out on the Blackhawks YouTube. There's a two-part so far series called Every Shift, which is kind of a behind-the-scenes look at the season. Um the first one starts off with the home opener, which was an overtime win over the Red Wings, and things are a little more positive. And then the most recent one came out maybe, I think, last week at some point, and they're really focused on the, the losing streak. It's it's kind of a if, – if nothing else, it's a good look at the mind of Luke Richardson and how he coaches. Yeah. It's good stuff, so check that out. Um, but that's a smart move to not have practice tomorrow. That's, that's for sure. Um, was there any sort of – I know it's a weird game with the – Injuries and the sickness and all those things, but all things considered, this is one of the better games the Hawks have played in a while. Was there any sort of, you know, positivity or silver lining in any of the comments after the game? Yeah, we talked to Seth Jones uh, after the game, and you know, he obviously scoring the power play goal was uh, was a big deal and a weight off of his shoulders. Um, Hundred and twenty three game streak ended for the Chicago Blackhawks uh, without a power play goal from a defenseman. And Phil Thompson dug it up, 111-game streak for Seth Jones between power play goals dating back to when he was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. How about that? Uh, so he was, uh, you know, obviously it's a loss, but he was a little bit um, in, in decent spirits to, uh, to have scored that power play goal. Um, Luke Richardson, too, feeling good about, uh, about getting that streak over and, and uh, scoring that goal. He did, you know, he, he praised his team. He said, he said that they, you know, given all the circumstances that they, they had to deal with in this game, they, they played a good game. It just kind of came down to, you know, the lightning just being able to, to you know, run, run faster for longer. And uh, the Blackhawks just kind of running out of gas, both Jones and uh, Luke Richardson having some, some good things to say about the game from Alex Stalock. Uh, Jones was just saying, you know, it's, it's, it's an experience. It's, it's an, you know, he's an aggressive goalie. He's aggressive out there. Um, but, uh, he, he said that, you know, the team team plays with some confidence, uh, with him in net and, and, and they know that, you know, he's, he's aggressive and he likes to play the puck, which makes the, the, the games easier for the defenseman and, uh, makes the transition game a little bit different, uh, and a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, effective with Stalock out there being willing to, to play the puck as much as he is. So there were some positives to take away from this game, despite the, uh, the, the, the 4-1 loss. And, and look, like 45, 50 minutes of this game uh, was was a really good effort from from this Blackhawks team. And, and you know, they were holding their own with a, a very talented, very difficult Lightning team, but just 
you know, at, down the stretch of the third period, uh, just a, it was a snowball effect again, uh, even though it was, you know, a short lived small snowball, it was a snowball nonetheless. Was there any talk about the power play uh, strategy? Um, I know Luke loves talking X's and O's. Was, was he asked about that? Because it seemed that Seth Jones was allowed to kind of be a free roamer during the power play. I mean, he scored the goal by going to the net, and there were other uh, – the second and third power play in that first period, you know, it seemed that he was, like, shooting from the, from the left dot, and he wasn't just hanging out at the point – Looking the power, looking the quarterback and distribute. He was moving all around the zone, looking for places to shoot and shooting from wherever he got the puck. Was that discussed at all uh, after post game? Yeah, Seth. Seth called the goal unconventional, um, but he was just he just mentioned how you know the the, the power play has been getting pretty good looks, has been running decently this season, and that um, just wanted to to kind of mix things up a little bit and uh, and and try and open things up a little bit more, get some, get some different looks in there and see if that could um, see if that could, could change their fortune. And, you know, I don't know how many, how, I don't know how often Seth Jones is going to be playing at the net front, but um, I think, you know, it was, it was, it was effective tonight. Uh, and, and I, I don't know if that's going to continue to be the case, but at least tonight uh, it seemed like Seth Jones made a, a little bit more of a conscious effort to not just sit up at the blue line and, and, you know, try and be a, you know, uh, shoot, shooting from the blue line or anything like that, trying to get pucks through traffic. He was trying to be a little bit more active. And uh, Luke Richardson said, it, uh, called it again as well, you know, uh, an unconventional goal. Uh, so maybe it, it, maybe it might not have been exactly uh, how they drew it up uh, in, the, uh, in the video room, but whatever, uh, whatever works, I guess. You know, for, I, again, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a, a regular occurrence to see Seth Jones playing around the net on the power play, but. Um, every once in a while, you might uh, you might you might surprise a team. I, I gotta say, I, I feel like over the last I don't know maybe two three weeks, Jones has been a lot more aggressive with the shot on the power play. Um, it's sort of an epidemic we've seen from this team all year, where guys have open looks and they choose to pass. We saw it a few times in this game as well, but not nearly as as bad as it was early in the year with Max Domi and Seth Jones. Maybe Richardson is finally pounding the message to him, like, dude. You've got a good shot. Get it on net. Get it through traffic. Don't be afraid to use that shot. I feel like just, I don't know, I could probably go in and crunch the numbers. Maybe I'll do it for my Blackhawks beat next week. But it, it definitely feels like Seth Jones has been willing to fire the puck more lately. And hopefully that's 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 the coaching the coach's method message getting through to him. Well, we, we talked with, uh, because Luke Richardson wasn't at uh, morning skate, we talked with Derek King uh, today uh, after morning skate, and, and he talked about the, the team's lack of offensive production, primarily from the, from the forwards group, since that's the group that he oversees the most. But uh, being last in the league in goals per game, being second to last in the league in shots per game, um, the, the, the message is as simple as we think it is. The message to the players is to shoot more. He's telling Max Domi, you have, an, you have an incredible shot. Use it more. I'm sure the message is the same to Seth Jones. You are a, an offensive threat. Use it more. And I, I think the Blackhawks, they're, they're a team that doesn't get a lot of puck possession. So when they do, they have to make the most of it. And what we've seen in games that they've been effective, it's the games that they're putting up high-volume high, high shots. It doesn't happen often. Granted, they have eight wins. But when it does happen... Uh, I think the Blackhawks play a more effective game. And, um, 
it just seems like, you know, the, the, the coaching staff, every time they talk about, you know, getting, you know, being outshot or, or trying to create offensive chances, it just comes down to continuously saying like, they have to play simple. They have to get the pucks to the net and, and make things happen. They're not going to be able to make perfect tic-tac-toe passes every night. Um, so I think I think the coaching staff is hammering that point home. And, and honestly, you know, I, I think the, 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 the team is getting the message. You know, this is a this was a game where the Blackhawks came out of the gate, scored the game's first goal. So sorry to everyone who took our bet to, you know, score the allow the Lightning to score the first goal. But Stay the course. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, they 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 let in shots in the first period, 12 to six. They, they, they had the lead in shots into the, you know, at, at times late in the second and into the third period. And, and I think against the lightning team, if you're leading in shots on goal, you're, you're doing something right. So um, again, it's, it, it comes in a loss, but I think what we've, what we're seeing is maybe a little bit more of the players coming around to the idea that, Hey, maybe shooting the puck more will give us some more offensive chances. All right. Before we get to the four stars of the game, Mario, we've got a poll going uh, on our YouTube. I want you to vote on it uh, right now. Uh, which of these former Blackhawks do you miss the most? Brandon Hagel, Dylan Strom, Dominic Kubalik, or Kirby Doc? Um, that's actually a really good one. Thank you. Left you. Out Alex Debrinket. Um, uh, yes, we did because we. I'll, I'll tell you this: we left him out because we knew it would be a runaway. It's still, it's a, still a runaway still a right runaway. now. <laughs> Maybe we should have put the guy who's winning and Alex Debrinket and see what happens. Is is it uh, is it Brandon Hagel? Brandon Hagel, seventy six percent of the vote. Yeah. Kirby Doc with fourteen. Strom with six, Kubelik with four. It's not the order I put him in, but but yeah, Brandon Hagel I would would get my vote for sure. Um, he, you know when 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 I was looking at uh, some of the some of the pregame notes and and stats and everything, I was just like, man, like, su- not surprising that he's turned into a very good player uh, for the, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's on a sixty eight point pace uh, for this season, which would obviously be a career high. Uh, making 1.5 million for for the Lightning, uh, that's a that's a pretty good deal that they got. Um, a deal that I you know honestly when you you, you want to bag on it on Kyle Davidson all you want, like look those two first round picks that the Blackhawks got for Brandon Hagel uh, still have yet to be made. Uh, Taylor Radish, he's all right. Boris Kachuk, we've we've made our our feelings known about him, but look, that I think that's a deal that works out for both sides. Tampa gets a young, cost-controlled player that's very effective, and the Blackhawks get future assets that they desperately needed as they go into uh, the rebuild process. So, yeah, would you love to have Hagel? You would, but he's not a player that you build around. He's a player you build with, and the Blackhawks right now are trying to get as many lottery tickets as they can to get the guys that you build around and then supplement it with guys you build with. All right, let's get to the four stars of the game and let Mario go home. The three stars of the game in this one, uh, number three star for Tampa, Brian Elliott made 25 saves on 26 shots against. That's pretty good. Brandon Hagel, your number two star of the night. Hagel had a goal and assist. He was a plus one. Three shots on goal. That's three more than Jonathan Taves. And two more shot attempts. And your number one star of the game was Pat Maroon. He is a big dude. A goal, 12-15 of ice time, three shots on goal. Eh, he was fine. I didn't think he was that good. I didn't think he was number one star quality. But, hey, I don't get to pick the three stars. 
Uh, so my four star of the game goes to the post. The post with three amazing saves in the second period to keep the Hawks in the game. So props to the post for being my four star of the game because, boy, the post was all over the place, really making its presence known throughout for the Blackhawks. Post game post face. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, aforementioned Caleb Jones uh, in the four-star role. Kind of had to – didn't know he was going to play until yeah. uh, a few minutes before the game and then played on the wing, and he admitted during the first uh, intermission break with Chris Rosters and, and Patrick Sharp, he hadn't played forward since he was 12 years old, which was like six weeks ago. But, um, <laughs> you know – that for him to do it, and he actually was effective. He was right. Uh, he had two shots on goal, two more than Jonathan Taves. Actually, I'm sorry, one shot on goal, one more than Jonathan Taves, but uh, three total shot attempts, two hits, was in on the forecheck a couple of times, had two takeaways and a blocked shot. Not bad. He also had a giveaway that, that came out right after one of those blocked shots. There was a play towards the end of the first period. It was the complete Caleb Jones experience. <laughs> it really they was. were going back. I think they were on a power play, actually. Yes, yeah, so it was a shorthanded two-on-one. It was a shorthanded two-on-one. He makes the correct play, dives, prevents the pass from going across, picks up the puck, goes right behind the net, and quickly gives it right back to a guy in a white sweater. That's it's it. like that's the full Caleb Jones experience right there. But uh, in all seriousness, put in a tough spot, and, and he played well. So Caleb gets the four-star. Yep. He almost earned himself some selkie votes on that play. <laughs> there you it's go. It's one for me yeah. if they give me one. Yeah. Uh, well, no, you can't. You can't, can't be part of that club, Greg. Uh, um, with that. My four-star of the night uh, was the man between the posts. Uh, it was uh, Alex <laughs> Stalock. Uh, look, like he, he has been playing great this season. Um, you know, just despite what some of these final scores are, uh, they would be much worse without Alex Stalox. And, and, and you talk about, you know, the Caleb Jones experience. Uh, tonight we had the Alex Stalock experience uh, on, on, on full display. A lot of experiences uh, in tonight's game. But, um, you know, he was, he was a big reason that this game was tied uh, going into the third period, especially through the second period. He did have some help from the post, of course, uh, but he made some, he made some big saves and, and kept the Blackhawks alive. And, Look, like Taylor Radish has said it, Seth Jones has said it, like this team plays with a, a bit more confidence when St Alex Stalock is, is in net and they play a different way. And, and you can see it um, with, the, with the way that he's aggressive and likes to play the puck. Like, like I mentioned before, you know, he brings a different element to, uh, element to the game as, as a goaltender. And it's, honestly, it's just something that Peter Morazic doesn't bring. Um, so I, I think, you know, we've talked about it. Alex Stalock should be getting the – uh, the majority of the of the starts for uh, the rest of the time that he's a Blackhawk, and I think uh, tonight was another example of, of of why we believe that. All right, Mario, thanks, man. We appreciate you. I do want to uh, I do want to mention uh, before I leave here. I, I, when I hopped on, I heard you guys talking about uh, potential call-ups. Uh, Luke Richardson did say that uh, he would talk with Kyle Davidson, but he believes that this is uh, an opportunity where you may see one or two players. Uh, come up from the Rockford Ice Hogs. Nice, uh, nice unison shrug there, guys. That was great. Um, Chemistry, you, man. It's worth coming you might together. See, <laughs> you might see uh, one or two players come up from the Ice Hogs. And uh, although he didn't give us any kind of details or timeline for Patrick Kane, he did mention with an opportunity in the top six, you could see a guy like Lucas Reichel fill that role. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. We should get some, some information on Patrick Kane. 
Uh, we may also see some call-ups from Rockford because they're off until Saturday. Blackhawks' next game is here at home on Friday. So uh, we'll see if any uh, if any moves are made there. Hey, no Patrick Kane in a tank game against the Coyotes. I'm not necessarily against that. <laughs> hey, we have to be here anyway, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> there you go. We'll Lucas we'll... Reichel on the top line. Let's see what happens. Let's go for it. We're, we're, in, we're in that territory of the season now. Like, just, who cares? Do it. All right, Mario. Thanks, man. All right, safe travels, Mario. All right, make sure you're following Mario on Twitter at Mario underscore Tirabasi and look for his three Hawks hits coming up momentarily after we wrap up the postgame here. We've got a lot to do and not a ton of time to do it, so I want to tell you about ComEd and saving energy. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in their communities, in the communities they serve, save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually, and they last about two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately each recommendation will include estimated energy savings cost savings project cost potential incentives and simple payback don't wait get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment go to comed.com powering biz that's comed.com powering biz ready to sign up for a facility assessment Call them at 855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a common energy efficiency program representative. Email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online at their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. Yeah, that sounds good. Hopefully comed can save you a ton of money. So come springtime and you're ready to go golfing again, you can buy a few extra rounds on the, on the links. Yep. And you could set yourself up by being the best-looking golfer on the course. And that's with our friends at Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear, and it will get you a ton of compliments on and off the course. Pins and Aces is a family-owned golf and apparel business that make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even the very cool their favorite beer sleeve. It's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. Seven, one more than six. Last time I checked, I would use that for Diet Cokes, but that's just me. Check out pinsandaces.com and use the code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com for all your golf apparel need. All right. So, oh, sorry. Are you done? Sorry. Yeah. All right. I had they had to ask there. <laughs> We've got 51 likes. Now, last show, we failed to hit the desired number, but as soon as we logged off, we hit it. So I feel bad. Well, here's my thing with that. We have 75 votes on the poll and only 50, 51 likes. Yeah. It's the same amount of clicks. Okay, so here's here's what we're going to do, all right? We're getting two because I felt a little bad because we actually did hit the number before we ended the show. If you want a third spin, we've got to go from 51 likes to 65. I know it's a big ask, but there's a lot of people here watching. There's a lot of people in the chat. So we get the 60, what did I say, 65? 
65 Andrew Shaw likes, and we'll get a third spin at the Tankathon wheel. We got, but we got 94 people in the chat right now. So should be doable. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let's update the tank standings first. Give you guys some time to smash that like button, and then we'll get to the tank sim, and then we'll do to wrap up the show the king of the game. All right, there it is. The Blackhawks on top of the tank standings with 20 points in 37 games. They are 8, 25, and 4. Holy crap, that's bad. Anaheim, 24 points in 38 games. They're 10, 24, and 4. 24 points for Columbus as well. They're 11, 23, and 2. San Jose and Arizona, each with 31 points. So they are, there's your top five in the tank standings. Columbus got shut out by Anton freaking Forsberg tonight, in case Black you're Hawks wondering legend. how that's going. Oof. Best Forsberg in NHL history? Probably. At least in goalies. There you go. Uh, we're going to go to Tankathon now, and we're going to spin the wheel twice. We need three more likes for that third spin. So let's get there, folks. We got, we got the top of the standings now. Hawks, Anaheim, Columbus, San Jose, Arizona. Let's give it a spin, Steven. Let's see what happens. Ugh, God, I hate this. In the third spot, San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago, Columbus, and Arizona. Now, we say this most shows, but just to remind you: if the Hawks finish with the worst record, they can pick no lower than third. Okay, so if things remain the way they are now, the worst the Hawks can pick is third, which is a nightmare scenario because <laughs> you want one for sure. Two would be great, and three you'd really feel like you're left out. So, uh, all right, let's give it one more spin here. Vancouver again lands the hometown boy, and uh, Connor Bedard. Columbus gets Fantilli, and the Hawks are left with whoever's left. All right, we need one more like. We're really going to sit there and one more like. All right. All right. I um, mean, if you include the one that I liked through this account, we are at, we are at 65. I mean, I liked it on my three uh, Gmail accounts, too, so I shouldn't even count that. Those shouldn't even count. Don't give away our secrets. Whatever. I'm feeling generous. Let's do it, Steven. It was a tough loss. All right. There it is. We got it. All 65. Right. Way to go, we gang. We got it. Let's get us the third pick overall again. Let's finish strong here. Oh, dear God. You know what, Tankathon? I'm tired <laughs> of you and your nonsense. Philadelphia jumped six spots. That, that, see, that's my fear. It's going to be like Philly or St. Louis, something stupid. San Jose second and the Hawks third. We are three for three with the Hawks landing third and the tank. I can't end that way. Do it one more time. I'm <laughs> giving a free right, one. Right. Do it live. We're doing it live. Do it. All right, fine. Second, second we'll right, take. That's better. Columbus, Chicago, Edmonton, Anaheim, Edmonton. San Jose. Fine. Great. God, if Edmonton gets Where the, the hell did Edmonton come They from? jump up 10 spots. They're not going to be in the lottery. They're going to make Screw the playoffs. That. Yeah. All right, let's do our DraftKings King of the Game, shall we? Oh, yeah. We got to do that. The DraftKings King of the Game is Seth Jones. He had a goal, a power play goal, the first by a Blackhawk since May 1st, 2021. Remember, folks, it's currently 2023. It's been that long. It's been a full season and a half. Yes, May 1st, 2021 was the last Blackhawks power play goal by a defenseman. He also had three shots on goal, 26-22 of ice time for Seth Jones. Someone asked earlier in the show, is there any way the Blackhawks can get out from under Seth Jones's deal? The answer to that is basically no. 
Because if they do, they're going to have to eat half the salary. And I don't think any Hawks fan wants the Hawks paying $4.5 million of Seth Jones' contract to him for him not to be here. Yeah, He's not perfect. In an ideal world, he's a three. A really good three. But hey, because of the mistakes of the GM before this one, they're stuck with him. So you In might th- as well make the best of it and enjoy. The second half of that contract, he might be a three. Yeah, you're right. He might get forced down there, but yeah, it is what it is. We're just going to have to get used to Seth Jones here. No one's calling for that contract right now. But hey, maybe if he goes on like a 12-game goal streak here, maybe we'll get a phone call. There you go. Ottawa was kind of drunk earlier this year, sniffing around there, so you never know. As I have always said, never underestimate the stupidity of an NHL general manager. (laughs) Never say never, but it's very unlikely that... That contract is going to get moved ever or especially soon. And at this point, we're going to have a topic on one of our shows real quick. You got to have some salary here because you got to get really creative just to get to the floor next year. Now is not the time to be worried about a 9.5 salary cap hit. Uh, Maybe they'll, and hopefully you won't have to really much during the duration of this contract because hopefully you're going to start winning hockey games with guys on their entry level contracts making less than a million bucks a year. Yeah. So it's not time to really, I know we're used to freaking out about salary caps. Those days are over. Yeah, you're good. Long gone. We're going to get to that this week. Yeah. How we're going to get to the cap floor because it's going to take some doing. Um, I will say for the record, if some team wants to take Seth Jones from the Hawks and take his entire contract, oh, you, you buy you you absolutely absolutely absolutely. And that's not a that. slam on Seth Jones, no. but you get you get rid of that deal if you can. I just don't see it happening, but never say never. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, can you go back to Alan's comment about Tankathon? I think he's onto something. He says, "Pretty sure Tankathon's algorithm always puts the last place team at number three to keep people spinning and keep the ad machine churning." We're all suckers. That's a really good thought. Also, I bet you it can detect where you where your IP address is based so it knows you're in Illinois and it's not going to put the Hawks number one for five or six spins. Wow, I think Alan's on it. We got to get a VPN right. for the Tankathon spin. Put it in Vancouver <laughs> so we get the Hawks. Yeah, there you go. Or is there another site that does this? Does Cap Friendly do something like this? I don't know. I bet you they do. They do everything else. Let's just do our own and just give it to the Hawks every night. I'm for it. All right, cool. All right, before we wrap up, before I tell you about DraftKings, a message to you and to our good friend Lawrence, our lead producer here. I know the Hawks have scored first three games in a row. Three games in a row. It's okay. It's a marathon, not a sprint. If you keep betting the Hawks to give up the first goal, you're going to win way more often than you lose. So don't never fear. Don't stray from the path. Stick with it, and you'll be okay. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers, get this. You can bet just 5 bucks pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Man, I am hurting on the parlays lately. Yeah, Lost not. another one today. I had Stamco scoring, Lightning scoring first, and winning the first period. 0 for 3 on that one. Oof, that was rough. But, hey, you know what? You bet a buck to win a lot. That's what makes those same-game parlays so fun. You combine multiple bets, and that's how you get those big payouts. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
Use the promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. We are back tomorrow at 2.30. We've got a lot to get to. Um, We probably won't get many updates on Patrick Kane or anything as they are completely off tomorrow. Um, but we got a lot of good stuff to get to, including how the Hawks could possibly get to the cap floor uh, next season because it's going to be a challenge. By the way, SoCal uh, Rest asks, he hopes the Hawks pick up Verana on waivers. Source tells me the Hawks uh-huh. will not be making a waiver claim on Jacob, Jacob Verana. Uh, the contract is cost prohibitive to almost every NHL team. I also think there's a bit of a gentleman's agreement sometimes between GMs where someone will say, hey, we have to waive this guy. Please let him go through. And you can't upset the greatest general manager ever. No, you can't. Steve Eisenman. No, you can't. But I, I do think there is a bit of that gamesmanship to it where GMs know, like, hey, at some point you got to make a tough waiver decision and you kind of hope that another GM isn't going to screw you over. Um, but the Hawks are not, from what I understand, putting a claim in on Verona. Nobody's looking to pick up $5.25 million for the rest of this season and next year right now. It's yeah. not happening. Look, I we can get to this tomorrow a little more. If they had done it, I'd have been cool with it, because why not? It's a guy who's shown he can finish and score a little bit, and it's just money when they've got nothing but cap space. But I'm also not, like, I'm not mad about it either, because what's the point of making your team better right now? Right. And he's 26. If you sign him and you keep him here, by the time they're good again, he's going to be 30, 31. It's, yeah, like it's one of those things where, like, okay, they didn't do it. Fine. Oh, they did it. Fine. Cool. Right. Uh, before we go, I wanted to mention uh, our buddy Jamie, Jamie Pierce up in, uh, I believe you're in, you're in BC, correct? British Columbia. Yep. There he is. Um, you asked a question right before we went off the air. I think it was New Year's when you asked about the uh, CHGO Blackhawks shirt and if we will ship them to British Columbia. We will. So go to chgolocker.com, order yourself one of those or the legendary shirt, and uh, we will definitely get it up north of the border for you. So we do ship to Canada. Yeah. And some people asking about a PHNX crossover on Friday. Well, maybe we could do that for Thursday. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I saw that. That was in my notes here. We'll we'll give our buddies, uh, Craig and 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 Leah yeah. and Petey. I wouldn't uh, hate we'll, doing a post game with them either. Yeah, let's see if we could do that. Is that logistically possible, Stephen? I don't know these things. A dual yeah, post if they're game? remote, streamyard, we could do it. Get right. them on one. Get it'd be my game, so I'd be calling in from the United States. Either that, or maybe we could do something Thursday. A pre like Thursday sounds thir- fun. Let's try Thursday to make that cross. happen. Yeah, yeah. We love we, we love and could be some really fun stuff draft wise with our Coyotes crew too. It's just, always just, fu- just a rumor. It always too makes you makes you more happy to just bag on the Coyotes a little bit. But see, that's why they call us mean on their chats. Yeah, well, we are. It's your fault. We do punch down a little bit, even though we are technically punching. We're up punching up in now, the standings, but, but franchise wise. You know, they've well, got, I just love their, their stop tripping over your uh, own dick every year and maybe we won't make fun of you. I just love that. They're like, Austin Matthews is definitely going <laughs> to yeah, sign here. Sure he is. Sure. Yeah. Okay. 501 points for Austin Matthews already. Seven years. He is the fastest player in NHL history to reach 500 points. That's not right. I'm sure Gretzky did not take seven years. That's what I know, but points. I saw that. I saw Maybe that the fastest stat. Maple Leaf. 
Yeah, you can't, you got to be right. There's Gretzky, no way Gretzky had three 200-point seasons in his first yeah, four years. Yeah, where did I see that? The internet lied to me. Hold on. Yeah, that's We're not, not right. leaving until I get this right. That's definitely Austin, not right. Austin, Matthews. You might be the fastest, fastest Maple Leaf to 500 Well, points. that's not saying anything. They suck. Okay, you're right. Fastest Maple Leaf. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. He's still not going to Coyotes. Way to hold a record for a loser franchise, loser. <laughs> Until you're here in Chicago in two years. We love you. Uh, greatest Maple Leaf of all time? Can you call him that already? No, he's not. Who is? Uh, Matt Sedin. And it's all said and done. It's all said and done, but he's going to be only there one more year, That's and right. he's going to play the next eight years Tell him and with Garter either the Coyotes Hawks. or the Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right, everyone's Black correcting me. Time. Lebowski 5. Gretzky had 700 points in his first three years. You're right, but you spelled Gretzky wrong, so we're even. Yes. Bite me. Fastest guy named Austin, spelled with an O. Austin. 500 points. Austin. <laughs> and Lebowski 5 says Doug Gilmore, my favorite Maple Leaf of all time. It was him or Felix Potvin are my favorite Leafs. Big Matt Sedin fan. Sundin. Sundin was good. The big Swede. All right, let's wrap it up because we can. Please. All right. Thanks, Stephen, for running the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, the Probably the biggest amount of likes we've had in some time. Uh, and we just got Alec, Alec Vlasic uh, amount of likes right now. Alex Vlasic amount of likes. 72. I love it. N- no one else wore 72 for the Hawks. I remember. I know of. Yep. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30.